Folks, it is Monday, September 7th, 2020, and uh, yeah, I have had several opportunities or, or times when I've wanted to uh, pick up this mic and start a podcast, and I've held off each time, and finally here near the end of the day, 5.30, uh, I said, oh, just just start now just do it get it out of your system because it's it's i'm i feel overflowing like the water is running and the water is just the thoughts and memories the feelings and it just it hasn't stopped for it seems like days i finished a podcast early the one you would have listened to prior to this if you listen in sequence and so I've been holding off. I've already done mine for the week, uh, and I didn't want to get ahead of myself, so I, I, I held back. But I can really feel that. Oh, my God. And as the feelings pass through me and the thoughts and the memories and the words without being expressed, I'm very much aware that, well, they're just lost. They're just washed out to sea. And I know... That doesn't matter, you know. Whatever what you get is what you get. Um, it's always been the case here. It's it's always a bit of a like a chance. It's like spinning a wheel, and whatever number it lands on, that's what you get. So that's what this is. <sighs> Episode eight oh eight. Uh, I've just listened to, I've been lying down at the back of the road track, and I've listened to uh, Bob and AJ's show number 96. Um, my God, as if that man doesn't do enough, the virtual youper, on top of saving lives and rescuing people and, uh, you know, being a citizen that keeps things going on, on so many levels. If you're a listener to this, you probably know uh, the virtual youper. Um, the man just does a lot. And, and we're very fortunate that he kind of adopted us and, and has joined in with us. So we're fortunate for our American listeners, I used to think of our podcasting community was Canadian, but there was always, even podcasts across borders from the start, I think that was my misunderstanding, because there was C.C. Chapman and uh, Digital Detroit Radio, and there were always people um, who were cross-border, so um, it is good to have this mix of people. Anyway, as I was saying, amongst all the other things he does... Uh, he's been releasing old episodes of the Bob and AJ show. And I don't know how many people are listening to them. They are they are classic. And for somebody like myself who grew up with them, I mean, that's the thing that really was getting me hooked into podcasting. It's absolutely wonderful to hear the, the, the ease of communication. It was such an easy mix between those two old friends, Bob and AJ. And uh, and then, <laughs> surprise, surprise, I pop up on the show as I'm listening to it. They uh, they they had a Japanese word, and they decided to call a Scarborough dude to find out. And uh, I'm on Skype by that point. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, just to hear the ease and the enjoyment I had talking to these two, to me, the stars of Canadian podcasting. It was it's just quite wonderful and and very nostalgic and I guess maybe that's the thing that's uh been touching me the most. I've just for some reason I was trying to clean up the basement or organize some things in the basement bar and found a stack of Dixon Jane's uh, zines. 
uh, dozens and dozens of them. Now, I've got the complete set, all 20 years, every every single copy, you know, in binders. But there's a lot of these extras, and some of them I, I gave away at times, and sometimes people just, you know, picked it up, and I don't think people really read or appreciated them. Uh, and then there was that attempt not long ago to maybe bring it back to life uh, with a lot of help and advice from uh, Tennessee Jason, Tennessee Jake, if you will. Uh, and now I, I've just, I went through them the past couple of days and uh, reading through and thinking, God damn, I'm so glad they exist. I am so glad I've got letters that, you know, I, I dug out old letters and typed them. So you'll get something from 1975. You'll get something from our trip up to Whitehorse. You'll get old letters from other friends, and then the current ones from 96, 97, 98. It went from, I went till two, from 84 to 2003, I believe. I don't have the last copy handy, but I'll sort all that out tomorrow. It'll be one of my jobs to make sure I've got all this stuff organized. But to me, the richness of those, the memories that bring back, the, the number of people, like connections through Cuso or other connections, it wasn't just our little Lachine Vancouver circle. It spread a little wider. Uh, and the number of people who wrote in who I didn't remember had written in. And uh, anyway, I, it's just. It's given meaning to my life. It's just given me a, a real sense of, hey, there's something that that will last beyond me. And and that's one of the themes I talked about. Uh, so I've been posting that tweet of uh, something that I read, something that I posted. I'm going to read it to you because I've already shared it here and there. Where is the, uh, where is it, where is it, where is it? Here we are. Uh, at the end of an argument, with, there were people who said, hey, you're only doing it for yourself. You know, if you don't like doing it, stop doing it. Like it didn't, it seemed, I felt I was the only one who understood the value and the importance. So I would have very often, there'd be arguments even within the zine itself of why we're doing this. Uh, and I ended one message with, you're being followed closely by a giant eraser rubbing out every passing dying day. Don't you want to leave a trail, be, a trace behind? Mick Jagger will live long after he's gone, but ordinary folk like us will simply be lost and forgotten. This ongoing saga could be a monument to all of us Dixon Janes who will never be famous, but have lived wonderful, rich, and meaningful lives nonetheless. The petty details of our passing lives are worth preserving. In brackets. Okay, so maybe not all the particulars. The friendships are rare and remarkable. The spirit we share at gatherings is unique and delightful. With just a little more care and compassion, we can capture some of this fellowship on these pages for now and forever, or at least for another few years, eh? Comments, anyone? So the vision I had then is a vision that it's never left me. It's wanting to celebrate the value of friendship Wanting to celebrate the adventures some of us had who were sort of let loose as a result of the 60s, sort of upheaval in terms of uh, societal norms. And just to, just to be glad to have lived, be glad to be alive, be glad to have lived. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so there's that, and then the letters. I found one today, a 10-page letter, towards the end of my stay in Nigeria, and talking about, I had mentioned in this letter to our accountant friend, Peter, how I'd finally decided I'm not going to stay a third year. And by what I read in that letter, oh, thank God I did not stay. I would come. I would have come back an, an alcoholic, absolutely, because this 10-page letter was full of just drinking. That's how I survived in Nigeria. It's how a lot of us survived. Uh, but the richness, the details, talk about juju in the village. Talk about things that were a teacher who beat a student to the floor. Like just things that were happening. Fights between the police and the army in, in the next village. Um, a war that happened. 
I, while I was there in affecting the neighboring villages. Like, holy shit. But in celebration of all of this. So that, to me, that letter, there's a richness in it and a, a, a description, a, a, a life of a European, the Oyibo, getting drunk in the villages of Nigeria. It just strikes me as quite wonderful. And I, I want to celebrate that. And, and what I'm what I'm trying to figure out is, well, how? What now? What do I do with these letters? Are they worth typing out and posting? Are they worth sharing on a blog? Are they worth putting into another zine? What, what's what's to be done next? What what do I do with these while I've while I'm still alive and my brain is still working and I, I have some sense of um, concentration and and. Uh, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but that I, that I can actually understand. I have a perspective. What do I do? So anyway, today I met Brian. At uh, we we parked in our cars and we talked. It was the second time we've done that at uh, the Guildwood uh, the Guildwood Inn and Park, and um, just talked through the open windows. And I unloaded a lot. I, I've I've gone through a few. Uh, Oh, I don't know. I suppose depression and and worry, anxiety. Uh, and Brian is a kind of friend who we 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 don't hold anything back in our f- f- friendships, and we we know each other's lives and families, and we've shared so much. And that's going back to 1979, so it's a long time. Um, and that was good. <sighs> And tomorrow I'm meeting another friend. Well, I'll save that for tomorrow. I'll save that for tomorrow. So maybe I'll just park it here. Maybe that was enough. Yeah, just a short clip. Just to uh, get this thing started. I I have so many things ahead of me, including fixing up this house. I, I guess one of the issues that, that I have to deal with is, okay, how much of the house do we fix up before we sell it? And when do we sell it? And my feeling now is I don't want to move. I don't want to think about moving. I know my wife, when she retires, will be wanting to think about moving and downsizing, given that she's the one doing all the work around the house, as well as holding down her own job. And uh, I seem to be doing less and less. And uh, that's not that's not good for anybody. All right. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking about. And and so I've started a new thing sitting on my front porch. I take the folding chair out of the car and I sit on my front porch in the evening. I've done it in the afternoon. Did it yesterday with a cider, maybe with a joint and just reflect, look at the driveway that I have to have repaired at some crazy cost, but just, um, Reflect on what it means to be living in this house. And I'm trying to, I guess what I'm trying to do is slow down time. I'm trying to slow down time so that I can be more grateful for every day that I have remaining uh, on this planet, on this house, in this house. Scabber Dude, signing out. I'll give you a dig on the way out too. Bye for now.
Hello, hello. I hope that wasn't too irritating. I am parked uh, outside the Agent Court Lawn Bowls Club. And, uh, my God, it already seems so long ago, and it's probably been uh, two, three, two years, three years since I was a member. Uh, it was a sport that I I liked, and I could do it. I wasn't a completely goofus jerk. I could actually, you know, have a good, a good few runs and uh, win a few you know, games. But um, since the knee replacement, and now mostly because of my balance issues, like I, I can't bend over without the risk of falling. And this a lot, a lot of it is bending this game. I don't know. I, I should try. I should just show up sometime. But of course, I guess they're not even running the club now. Um, I, I'll have to find out. I guess, no, with COVID, I mean, it's close contact and you're yeah you're touching each other's balls who knows um but it was fun i really enjoyed it i bought a, a set of my own ball bowls they're called bowls for about 40 dollars an old used set and i used to look at the new ones oh my god they were you know 400 bucks for a a new set, but they were so beautiful, and you you know you could be convinced you'd have a much better game if you had one of those new sets. But mine were just fine; they were the the right weight, and the price was right. And damn, I'd love to get back to it. I I don't know. I got why why I've been, I've given up. I've written it off. Like I'll never dance again. I'll never bowl again. And uh, maybe that's a defeatist attitude, and uh, maybe that's not the case. You know, I might need my cane, you know. Although, I don't think I've ever seen somebody with a cane walking down. You gotta, you've got these lovely lawns, these greens. You don't want a cane poking into them. But I could walk straight up, straight down. I don't need a cane. I just went into the Red House Bakery just around the corner. Didn't use my cane for that. Didn't fall or trip or anything. Um... The shoes, well, the, yeah, last time I I guess yeah, I have running shoes that could work. You're supposed to have special shoes. You just got to be careful. You got to respect the greens. And, uh, yeah, I'll, um, I'll, I'll find out if they're up and running and uh, see if they'll let me have a trial. I'm sure they would. Okay, enough of that. But I just, I knew I was in the, I was coming home along Shepherd and thought, what's along Shepherd where I could stop and podcast? And remembered this place and then realized, oh, there's another way to get there. A little shortcut. Cut up past the Red House Bakery. And if you're going to go there, you better go in and buy some of the snacks. All the prices have gone up. But we used to, this was a regular. They these deep fried, like the buns with tuna or pork or curry or a hot dog inside them. So I got six for $9, which is not unreasonable, but that's certainly more than it, uh, than it used to be. Uh, I had a very productive meeting with a good friend. I guess I can say the friend's name, uh, Janine. It was business-like. I posted a nice picture of her on uh, Twitter. I, uh, jokingly, Janine has red hair, and I said, just stopped in at the Red House Bakery. I wonder why I'm thinking of my friend Janine, and then posted the picture of this shocking red hair. Wonderful woman, a good citizen, a person... Uh, that I've met again through um, podcasting. She used to be our intern on the Gappage show, <laughs> for those with a history of podcasting. She was the intern, the original intern on the boat when we were, when we, when we were at PAB and we had boat rentals those days in Ottawa. Oh, how wonderful that was. Uh, with uh, Oh, yeah, great, great, great fun. Lots of laughter, a charming woman. And just a, a such a good citizen. She's been doing the, um, I guess, the Cubs. Maybe it was the Beavers, the Cubs, Scouts. And she's continued to do that only on Zoom all summer, all through COVID. She's very involved in, our, in the, her church, a united church, but leads, uh, has a major role besides minister in leading services, as does her husband, Steve. Squamish Steve, I refer to him as. And um, 
raised two sons, one just entering university. And they go, oh, my God, where is the time gone? Uh, she's just a good person and had a very interesting father who wrote his own book. And I, I went to her for some advice about what do I do with all these letters and 15, 20 years of the Dixon Jane zine and how do the pieces fit together? And she gave me some uh, some good suggestions. And I'm, I'm not going to share them here right now, but I'm going to uh, think about them because too often I share things. And, of course, everybody knows the pattern. Nothing ever happens. But uh, we'll see what comes of this, if anything. Uh, but on top of that, it was just nice to see her again. Fine, fine person. And, uh, yeah, and that led me here, and that has led me to now... What do I want to say? What do I want to share? I'm still pouring through all my old letters. and I found uh, volume 20, number one, the start, what we thought was going to be the start of a new Dixon Janes zine to bring it back to life because it finished at episode 19, number four. This was 20, number one, fall 2015. My God. Already five years ago. That can't be possible. I thought that was only like a year, two years ago. That is five years ago? Oh my God, I cannot keep track of time anymore. And it was a it was a noble effort. It was a noble effort. And I'm very glad uh, reader, uh, listeners to this podcast uh, contributed. Uh, Rob, Rob out in... Um, no longer Singapore and Thailand. Uh, both the Jasons, uh, the um, Adam Greatrix out in Vancouver. And then, of course, I took quotes from the books I was reading. Uh, yeah, it, it actually came together. And here we are, subscriptions, four issues per year, $12 for one year again. That was just to cover the postage. Um, and then I don't know what happened, whether whether the next issue was just digital. I can't find anything after this. Think for yourself, question authority. Those are the words I live by. That is uh, Timothy Leary, of course. To think for yourself, you must question authority and learn how to immerse yourself in a state of vulnerable open-mindedness, chaotic, confused vulnerability to inform yourself. And then from there, quotes from uh, the artist way, which were quotes of other quotes. Henry Miller, I'll read this one to you. Develop interest in life as you see it. In people, things, literature, music, the world is so rich, simply throbbing with rich treasures, beautiful souls, and interesting people. Forget yourself. Uh Uh-oh. I've had a hard time doing that. Uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, of course, learn to get in touch with the silence within yourself and know that everything in life, or everything in this life, has a purpose. Don't know if I believe that. Uh, Young, nothing has a stronger influence psychologically on their environment and especially on their children than the unlived life of the parent. Aha, I'll buy that one. Copeland, inspiration may be a form of superconsciousness or perhaps subconsciousness. I wouldn't know, but I am sure it is the antithesis of self-consciousness. Hmm. That's all right. Miles Davis. Oh, this is a good one. Do not fear mistakes. There are none. Hmm. Claude Bernard. Man can learn nothing except by going from the known to the unknown. M.C. Richards. All the arts we practice are apprenticeship. The big art is our life. Yes. Yes. A resounding yes for that one. The big art is our life. And we just don't live it that way. Anything worth knowing can't be taught. It must be experienced. Carl Whitaker. 
Uh, and then a couple more by Henry Miller. If there is to be any peace, it will come through being, not having. Mm-hmm. Writing, like itself, is a voyage of discovery. And finally, Jerry Rubin, love is not finding the right person. Love is being the right person. Okay, okay, okay. Enough of that. I I always think things like that are of interest if people read them and they're open-minded. If you just read it to get to the end, it doesn't mean anything. But if you read something and then pause to reflect on it, uh, which is something I always tried to do with Addiction Jane Zine, uh, you know, it it can be something. All right, we'll park that. Thank you very much for your uh, patience and understanding and support. Those of you who continue to support the Scarborough Dude, and I don't mean financially. Um, yeah, maybe that's enough. Maybe I've really got nothing more to say. Uh, I just wanted to check in and whine a little bit about not being able to go lawn bowling, but maybe, maybe, maybe uh, that's... Not entirely the case. You gotta bend. You know what? I, I guess what I have to do is I'm gonna go through the gate. I'm actually no. It looks like there's a lock on it. Yeah, it's locked up. Um, you just I, I just gotta see if I can bend, and, and the bending is the problem. I bend, and I, I there's the danger of falling over. So, yeah, that could be the uh, that could be the problem. All right, all right, all right. Listen. Thank you for your patience, and uh, I'll be back with something more substantial. doctor and said I'm feeling kind of rough let me break it to you son your shit's fucked up I said my shit's fucked up Mm, I don't see how you said the shit that used to work Suffer like the rest of us It'll happen to you Oh boy, 
Scarborough Dude back at you for a Dixon Chains podcast. Oh, we've already done that part. Um, it's been a while since I've recorded. I, and that's unusual for me. Like, it's always, you know, three times a week, it would seem. No, we're not talking about jacking off. We're talking about the urge to record. Just, oh, I gotta, I gotta say something. I gotta get something out of my system. Or I have this thing that's in my mind. I need to let go of it somehow. It's like blowing bubbles, you know? But um, anyway, I haven't had that feeling. I've been so busy on another project that I, I just haven't. I haven't had the urge. And it, it's kind of neat. And it, it's kind of like, wow, this is... It feels like this is the first time the podcast has taken a backseat to something else. It's always first and foremost. You know, during the course of the week, there will be times when I just need to uh, talk to you. And... Um, <clears throat> I'm sure it's been at least a week since uh, I last recorded anything, but damn, got the windows open, sitting in the front seat of the road trek, and of course it, it, it flies pass through, and sometimes little wasps and things. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a beautiful day. I kind of wanted to be out. I'm I'm avoiding being in the house because uh, my son has a friend over. And they are barbecuing, and uh, unfortunately, the barbecue is just rotted out, rusted out, I guess. Uh, two of these sort of splash plates that protect the flame, you know, well, from rising up, uh, just fell apart. Like, they just broke, collapsed from the uh, rust. We've never covered the thing through the years we've had it. I've never had, in the early days, I mean, we've had a barbecue for the entire time I've lived in this house, which is 25 plus years. And we used to, in the old days, have them. And then the the mice would get in. It was a good shelter. And they'd eat the, the raccoons would eat things up and all kinds of stuff. Damn it. I'm looking across the street. I can see through the rear window to the neighbor across our road. And they've put a fence up, and I can just see these little white legs going back. Well, the only thing in the neighborhood with little white legs is my cat. I always worry when it's poking around other people's gardens. So far, everybody seems to be okay with the cat. And uh, I've even had people stop and, you know, want to touch the cat because you keep perches on the front steps. But seeing it on a very well-kept house with, uh, yeah, okay, anyway... And we are still, I've been having this ongoing discussion with, uh, we got into kind of a, a bickering with a friend who's, a, you know, his whole life has been involved with wildlife and nature and national parks. Don't have to say any more. And he kind of made a joking reference to a woman being very upset because an eagle had come and picked up her cat. And he seemed to think this was funny. And... Somebody else, you know, made a, a joking reference. And I sat on it for a day or two and stewed. And there's nothing funny, you know, for a, a pet owner to lose their pet. And from his perspective, wow, we've got eagles back in nature. This is wonderful. And they're fierce, fierce creatures. And this is a dog lover, this person, but not a cat lover. Not a cat hater, but just like neutral. They're just some dumb animal. But cat dogs are are fine creatures. And I finally posted back and was and worded it carefully. But it was just, hey, don't fuck around with the, you know. There are people who love cats. This is never under any circumstances going to be funny to the woman uh, who lost this thing. And then Barnacle Bill chimed in because he's a passionate cat lover. And so we, we kind of pounded back. I'm glad we did anyway. Uh, maybe this is why I haven't podcast for a while. Like, you didn't need to know that story, but it, it did eat at me. I guess it's a question of there are times when you have to chime in and times when you can just let things go. Uh, and in this case, because he's a very dear friend, um, an important friend, he needed to be corrected. And uh, I, I think he kind of got it. But, uh, yeah, the project. So why haven't I been? Because I've got this other project. I think I told you a while ago, my sister sent me a bag of letters or gave me a bag that I had written. And I hadn't really gone through them. And then just hmm, yesterday, maybe, uh, 
I found a letter in that collection of about 20 letters uh, going back from 1969 when I was in Europe on, right, to uh, Japan, Nigeria, or Nigeria, Japan, to the 80s. Um, that, uh, where were we? Yeah, I'd written a letter to my parents when I was in the middle of going through this psychotherapy program out at uh, University of British Columbia, the hospital. And I had no recollection of writing it to them. I understand why I did. I'm glad I did. But it must have been so stressful for my parents to have... God, oh my God, like I'm, I'm, they knew I had seen a psychiatrist. Well, what are they thinking to themselves? You know, because this is, we're a little more open now about counseling and therapy and seeing doctors and being depressed or anxiety and, you know, medication, much more open. Back, this was 1973, not so much. And um, I had seen a psychiatrist and he referred me to this program they're running at UBC. I've mentioned this before. And I tell you, this was a turning point in my life, realizing that, hey, I'm not the only frail person around here. There are a lot of others with uh, hang-ups of all kinds. And then when they, you realize, it's, well, it's not such a big deal, but you think it's a big deal. And uh, wow, I went through in detail of what the program involved, stuff I had forgotten. And it was almost childlike my writing there was an honesty to it and one of the things I'd said we we need a new relationship we need to be honest about our feelings and that one of the problems I had was expressing my feelings Uh, anger I I couldn't express anger and then also fear and maybe anxiety and love and uh, wow So my feeling on reading the letters, oh, my poor parents, what I put them through, because my mother would have got it. She probably would have cried, poor Kenny, poor Kenny. My father would have just gone silent. Like he just, he would have felt it, but he wouldn't know how to express that feeling or what maybe even to to make of it or what to do with it. He wouldn't think to pick up the phone and call me. Are you okay? I'm worried. Um, It would just be, he he wouldn't say anything. He probably wouldn't talk about it with my mother either. He'd just be... He'd go off and do something, and it might sit in his mind for a while. Uh, that's I'm projecting now, and maybe you know, maybe that's I'm sort of guilty of the same. I, I keep. I mean, we always these things happen, right? You, you start reflecting on one parent. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that me? Or how are we different? Uh, it did prompt me to uh, reach out to my own son. Tell you that uh, the one in Vancouver. So anyway, that was just one example of, oh, my God, I'm glad these letters were saved. So what's happened? You know how I get these big ideas and projects and get all excited about something. And then two days later, or certainly as soon as the toque wears off, well, what was that all about? That's that's crazy. That's nothing. And I've been struggling for a very, very long time. Uh, by the way, I wasn't going to tell you any of this because I didn't want to jinx it, but I'm going ahead now anyway. I'm so far into it. That, um, you know, what What am I going to do? What am I going to do with all the stuff I've got? What am I going to do with this legacy almost? And, and there's the things. Here's an example. The uh, I've been looking at these things in our China cabinet. Thinking, what am I going to do? This beautiful old Japanese coffee pot from the 1930s, or hot chocolate pot, they called it, with little cups and things. Absolutely beautiful, gold and nice finish on it. Looks like it's hardly been used at all, but just really beautiful. And they've become like sort of a curse, this, this cupboard full of all these occupied Japan cups. Well, I found a letter, another letter in the collection I've written to Barnacle Bill, um, describing the first year of my marriage with Naoko and how wonderful it was for us to go out on a weekend, maybe out to Merrickville or to a flea market somewhere, and hunt for beautiful and antique Japanese cups and objects. And suddenly, these things, I've been thinking, what the hell did we get that for? It suddenly had meaning. Well, that was a part of our marriage. And in a way, now, it doesn't matter if I got rid of it at its time, 
when we went out on the weekends, when she, this was the two years we lived in Canada, 87 to 89, uh, when I came back to teach uh, for the, I guess, Carleton Board of Education, or I don't know, ES, anyway, teaching ESL, uh, Ottawa Board maybe, um, that this is what we did, and that's why we had them, and they were meaningful, and it was something we shared in common, and we both liked, and we bought books, and we looked them up, and suddenly, ah, okay, so there's a meaning. I still have to get rid of them, <laughs> but it, with an understanding of you know why we have them and what they did mean to us at one time and now because you're older <sighs> I don't know but it was nice to to bring that memory alive so these letters whole bunch that Barnacle Bill sent me that I'd written to Peter the accountant uh, and then this countless ones that I've written to uh, keep saying Barnacle Bill I guess I'll have to stick with that himself uh, when they were very raw, uh, like from Nigeria, when I was horny and lonely and lusting after students and getting terribly drunk on the weekends. I mean, really drunk. Uh, <laughs> and, and up to antics, which whoa, I would never even consider doing sober. So that's part of who I am. And the idea came up through the discussion and it's related to that Tolkien Murphy's point that said what are you, you going to do with this stuff uh, and uh, I sought the advice of a good friend and she suggested she told me the the intern I'm talking about for those who in the, for those in the know um, that they would make an interesting book because what I had done was I was reading them out of order and this is this is the secret. Like suddenly you're going, 1982, second year in Nigeria. You're you're really you've let go. You've gone downhill. You're just you're behind months in pay. You just don't care anymore. You're just gonna get drunk uh, from that sort of end. And then suddenly, uh, I'm on the tracking in Prince George banging in spikes, and then, bam, I'm back in Ottawa, living in Ottawa with a wife. I'm married. Oh, my God, all those other letters whining about, should I get married? And then next thing you know, I'm in Mexico. And out of order, out of sequence, each one in a different mood, telling a different story, and sometimes to different people. Well, it struck me as interesting. So I've decided... And I've already started. Oh, this would make an, and maybe it might make an interesting book. All this talk about I have to write a book. The understanding is, wait a minute, buddy. You've already written the book. It's your whole damn life going from 1969 to 89, 90, something in there. And then, you know, things stop and you get into email and so on. But you've got at least 20, 25 years of your life on paper. Quite open. Oh, my God, something smells good. It's the barbecue coming from the back. Mm. Uh, that could be of interest to people. So there, there it is. There's the build-up. There's the story. There's the secret. I've already started. I, I, got, I got into pages, and you can make sort of a book format and, and drop these things in. Uh, the interesting part, the tip I got, is you've got to take a picture of the Letters, because my writing goes from tiny, unbelievably small and neat and, you know, legible to chicken scrawl, to huge letters, to typewritten. It's just a complete range. Everyone different style from a different place. Sometimes a very nicely typewritten pages and sometimes scraps of paper that were in my pockets written on from a bar, but became part of the letter. And each one with its own envelope or aerogram, and mailed to a different address and coming from a different address. And those images make a very neat uh, intro to the letter. Here's a letter. Here, look, what, look what it looks like. Look who it's addressed to. And then it goes in. So I've, I've already started. I've, I've probably already put together 40 pages. So my question out there is, gee, would anybody here listening to this podcast be interested in reading uh, basically, what is what is my life story? I'm calling it a a memoir in letters. That's the subtitle. Um, 
And, uh, you know, there's part of it somebody might find tedious. Uh, there are parts I know I, I thought about, gee, somebody in my church who says they find me an interesting guy, they might read and be absolutely disgusted with my behavior, uh, some of the things that I've I've written about doing. Uh, but there are then that makes it all the more interesting for other people who aren't prudish and understand we, we all change. Like, I am not the person now that I was when I was writing these letters. And I think that's the other interesting part of it. But like it's a, it's a different person each time. Oh, my God, you know. Suddenly, the married kid, his first year of marriage, and, and you know, is being responsible, not getting drunk every night. Uh, and then, you know, the Ken working on the track gang, waiting to head up for Prince George, is just an idiot, smoking up with these, uh, with the gang from Quenell, the boys from Quenell, BC. Uh, and it's a different character in several of these. There's a lot of consistencies you could read because we wrote a lot. And we've exchanged. By the way, I have an equal number, if not more, letters from uh, Barnacle Bill uh, written back to me in binders now that uh, might also be interesting, but that's his life, and I'm not going to take that one on yet. Mostly for now, they're just going to be my letters written to uh, family, friends. Um, There are friends I wrote wonderful letters to who never did save them, and of course... <clears throat> I think that's sad. I, and, but the, I, I think the other, the sub theme here, this whole thing, is that young people today who have grown up with the internet will not have collections of letters like this. They don't exist anymore. They right now, they're like historic documents. When you look at them, and you're like, oh my god, the print is there. You can you can just pick it up and you can read it. Uh, that's amazing that they exist. Uh, and are from a time, and then from a, from different times too. Of, uh, yeah, they all tell a story. Uh, I got the tip. I just dictate the letters, and uh, it's it does a fair job, a paragraph at a time, and then you got to go back and check. I've learned to insert comma, period, um, and, and that helps a little bit. But it's still, it's 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 time consuming, but it. it takes me through it and then I have the, just the fun of dropping the letter into this big page document or pages document and say wow hey that's kind of neat alright so there you go once again I, I, I welcome many feedback I know we seldom ever get it but if somebody is hearing this and if you at all are interested I don't know whether I would actually make a print version or a um, digital version um, I would like not to give it for free I would like to actually put a lot of work into this make it look very professional and make it a really nice document that I would ask people hey, come on I've put my entire life into this uh, you know if you, if you want to read it and I think it would be interesting reading at least to some people I guess that's the key some would find it interesting and some might yeah, who cares but Fuck the who cares. All right. Signing off now. Enough. Scarborough dude. Yo, I'm going to go back to, in fact, I'm going to go back to read one of those letters now. I could have read them to you at any point, but, uh, no. Oh, I love when they start with Montreal. Um, and that's the other thing. They're from Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver, just for Canada, then Mexico, and then, you know, parts of Japan, parts of Nigeria. Ah, yeah. Do I want to read a few? Here's one. July 18th, 1979. What was I doing in Montreal in 79? Yeah, hello, etc. Just got your letter today, and I have to write fast now and just sort of follow the pen because I'm not on a mountaintop. I'm in a brasserie. Yes, I'd rather be fumbling with a brassiere in Old View, Montreal, working on my third court. A few pretty women uh, in here and good music on Shom. And yes, I had my first beer on the other side of this. Even saw old Henri. Jesus, the guy is small. But meanwhile, Henri, Henri Richard. Meanwhile, now, feeling okay, writing a letter to uh, Marge. I started on the Lakeshore Lachine and sitting here with Nexus and Henry Miller. Letters to Anais Nin. And getting off on the passing parade outside this open window. Ah, sitting in a bar. Yeah, by the window. Remember that? 
and remarked to Marge that people are kissing each other in the streets and at tables. Sort of wish I was with a nice woman and uninhibited enough to let her know how I felt. But that's another tangent, and really what I wanted to do was begin this letter while I still can, and I did, so excuse me while I have a drink, and it was great to hear from you. Yeah, we'll just stop there. But that's just a sampling, you know, and then they, they get in, they go into different places. Scarborough Dude Jesus signing off. Bye for now. Check, check. Okay. Got to make this fast. I got about eight minutes left on this recording, and I, uh, rather than put it in a song, which I could, you might enjoy more, but I'm just going to blab on anyway, because uh, that's the way we sometimes do things on the Dixon Janes podcast for your host's mental health. Yes, indeed. I got to get this stuff out. Um, I just uh, hit record, and uh, the batteries died. Now, why the hell didn't I just replace them? And then remembered that yesterday... I recorded almost a gigabyte of uh, material while this thing sat in the on position in its bag, and I don't, I just deleted the whole damn thing. I mean, it was a mistake left on. One of the flaws of this Olympus LS10 um, is the on-off slide switch. It's You can easily screw up. Uh, it's spring-loaded, and... Anyway, I've complained about this before, but uh, otherwise it's a great little recorder. So I am still going through old letters, uh, and this morning I found one from my father that I had no recollection of, and I should have. Because it hit me today, maybe because it's (laughs) 45 years later. Uh, when was this? I think it was 75 he wrote it to me. Uh, and what I loved about it was the address was care of General Delivery, White Horse, Yukon. <laughs> I mean, wow. Uh, this was part of our time. And it was the most touching. I, I didn't think my father was capable of doing that. And, and he even talked about that. It was the most touching, warm-hearted beautiful letter I have uh, I've ever read and I, I just treasure it and I'm just it's all part of this hunt what's happening to me now boys and girls is such a good thing it's it's like wow things are starting to come together I'm, I'm just oh. going through these letters um, finding ones I wrote to him personally, you know, I just found the one where Nelk and I are just made our plans to return to Canada via Siberia. And, uh, with the schedule in there from the, um, Moscow Tour- tourist bureau, whatever it was called. Uh, what a thrill to find that. Oh, bam. There's the dates. We left on my 39th birthday out of Yokohama by ship, a Russian freighter. Wow. That's exciting. Boys, girls. So uh, there's so much there, and I'm going through letter by letter, typing them up or dictating them, and uh, I'm already up to 60 pages in this little book I am creating, Uh, and I have the feeling uh, it will be at least 200 pages before I'm finished. Um, And that's uh, what happens after that. We'll We'll just have to wait and see, but meanwhile... Um, it's, it's a good process. It's just, I don't know, it's, uh, shifting my perspective. Uh, it's kind of, I mean, you know, I, I've got to be so careful of not being defensive, which is my default mold. You know, when I, when I'm proud of something, I immediately feel under attack. Uh, what a crazy thing. And yet this has been my, uh, my modus operandi my whole life. Um, I just found another suitcase full of my journals, and oh my God, some of those will have to be burned uh, before I pass on. Uh, that would just be too raw. And yet, there are some. There's some poetry there. There's many attempts at uh, writing a story. Um, some written on scraps and papers, some were clearly, this was a sick man. Hey, guy, lay off the hashish. I think, <laughs> I think it's time to, uh, 
sober up too. Um, but that's all. That was all part of my life. There was, uh, you know, that's that's some of the growth, some of the stumbling, some of the uh, movement backwards. Who knows how to describe it? But uh, here I am now. Can't believe it's the same person. I survived. And I'm alive, and I'm in an absolutely joyous, wonderful place in my life right now. And I think that's what these letters, with all the sadness and the pain and the the drunkenness and the debauchery and, and the loneliness especially, and, and the crying out for, for love, uh, oh, there was a letter that my wife wrote to my parents uh, just before we left to to come to Ottawa to meet them for the first time that that's that same uh Soviet trip uh and also so very touching letters things like this these little treasures the one from my father I have to be sure get passed on to my son um son I sons the one who would be more interested which I think would be my elder son although last night we had a <laughs> this morning another wonderful talk my wife surprised my son and I with a beautiful breakfast of uh, French toast, sausages, uh, potatoes, just bam. Suddenly we were delivered this in fresh hot coffee. Uh, rare for my son to be even up, be up at breakfast time. Um, but wow, what a treat. And we sat there and we discussed Donald Trump. And, and I finally... I finally learned, Dad, quit cutting me off. You're not listening. <laughs> I finally learned to listen. Okay, shut up. Let him talk. <laughs> and uh, it was good. I admired his independent thinking. And uh, we still, of course, we have many disagreements, but he, he's a thinker. Uh, this is uh, number two son I'm talking about. Chuck. Was it Chuck? Yeah, Chuck was the young one. Now I can forget the uh, forget the elder one, Chuck and Jerry. Oh yeah, which absolutely doesn't make any sense at all. Not, neither of the names did. Uh, but that's but I, I've just got a grin on my face. I am truly feeling um, happy about having a living past. Um, I I, yeah, I don't want to give away too much. Uh, but uh, I, I'm excited. I, it's like having a, a, a reason for living, uh, and I'm just touched. I, I uh, there are hundreds. I mean, I'm talking about several hundred letters that I have from friends filed in bankers' boxes, filed in folders. When the hell did I do that? And from my family, not filed, just boxes full. Uh, because letter writing was a thing we did. And when you're a traveler, you know, that's how you reach out to people. So it's a gift I have. It's something I have, and uh, many of you don't. And, uh, yeah, I feel very, very uh, happy and excited about this. It's, it's, <sighs> I'm where I'm supposed to be. And and it's not over. It's not like, oh, I've reached this point, bam, I can die now. No, 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 the journey is continuing. There's still much to be done, but I'm on the right track. I'm in the right groove. I'm in the right frame of mind. Uh, it's all, all, all so very, very, very uh, wonderful, 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 by God. Have we got an echo chamber here? Scarborough Dude, thank you, thank you for your patience and forgiveness and tolerance and understanding. Stay tuned. Scarborough Dude, uh, signing off. Do you need the bell?